Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. In a few weeks, we'll be in 2023. Can you believe it? Traditionally, around this time of year, many of us are beginning to set those New Year's resolutions. Getting in shape, learning a new language or skill, planning to read more. How about taking that long-awaited trip? We'd love to set goals for self-improvement, but what about an entire city? What should Nashville's resolutions be? Tweet us your resolutions for Nashville at ThisIsNashville. That's coming up later this hour. But first, we've got some incredible local music recommendations for you. Thanks to the DJs at our sister station, 91.1 WNXP, they've been working on putting together a list of favorite Nashville-made albums from 2022. And today, we're going to get a sneak peek. Their best of collection includes the band Twin, who came out this year with tracks like Dignitary Life. Here to talk about that album, One Stop Shop, and a bunch of others are WNXP's Assistant Program Director, Justin Barney, and morning host, Celia Gregory. Justin, Celia, welcome to This Is Nashville. It's your first time. Yes. Thank you, Khalil. A real short commute down the hall. Yes. (laughs) Glad you made it on time at that. So, you know, the local band we're hearing, Twin, played at WNXP's second anniversary party last week. Celia, why are you and so many DJs so high on this record. Man, yeah, I said this at the anniversary party from stage. I can't pretend to be chill like an objective, you know, journalist. I'm a fan of this band Twin. I think this is a great rock record and we knew it when we heard these songs, but then they told us about how it was inspired. And then I was like, oh, I hear that now. I hear the Oasis. I hear the Blur. I hear the Verve, all their Britpop influences. They made a playlist for us when they were our Nashville Artist of the Month. And uh, I think all those influences are really reflected in these songs. You know, I'm a huge music guy, but I'm also Mm. relatively new to Nashville. I'm still learning my way around the music scene here. But what about each of you? How did you even and how do you even keep up with new music, Justin? Uh, Well, I am also relatively new to this city, you know, and it is like there's no there's no direct path, especially like knowing local music. There is there there's no there's no line. I mean, we try to do that. That's like that's our job, right? The you know, the idea is you listen to WNXP and you hear the best local music. But finding that Mm. is, you know, it's digging through the record crates, you know, the like the Internet record crates, too. It is like kind of like. 
having a whole bunch of tabs on everything and trying to like figure out that the zeitgeist and what's going on. And there are people that are really, really helpful, like Julie freaking height, Mm -hmm. like Julie, like just following Julie. She is like in the Instagram DMs of a million Nashville, you know, um, music makers trying to figure out what's happening next, trying to figure out what's the story and what to write. So it's like it's following people that are in this city that are going through this stuff like Julie Height and then following and just kind of having tabs on everything and listening to everything so that we can bring to everybody. But also, I just want to let you know, like, it is our job to listen to music. Yeah. But I... I feel like I'm behind constantly. Right. I like I, like we are here to talk about like how much we know, but ev- the, like it's like the more I know, the more that we don't know, and we always feel like we're behind. So do not feel like you're behind on the music that you're listening to because it is literally impossible. Well, thank you for that, Celia. Yeah. Yeah. You know how about you? I mean, you are out there. I'm trying to be out there, and it is tough as a morning host. I'll say that, but uh, <laughs> the live music experience, like that's to me some of the best gateway into local music. If you can see, you might go see a headlining act that's your favorite band from the West Coast. There's an opener on the bill and you get there early enough and Mm. see them. They could be your favorite next new favorite Nashville band. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it's key to go see what people can do live and then I'll get into records. Sometimes it's the reverse. I love hearing a band for the first time on our radio station, like Justin said, and being like, hey, humbly, this is new to me music too. I didn't find this first. I'm hearing it at the same time we're playing it for you. Uh, But I've lived here for 13 years, and I admit this station has changed how I consume local music because I was sort of stuck in a rut. I wasn't always supporting local bands. Mm. I feel like I'm making up for lost time because WNXP introduces me and everybody to these great bands that then we can support live. All right, let's get to the list. Justin, what's at the top of yours for Nashville Album of the Year? Oh, my God. At the top of my list for Nashville Record of the Year, it is Rap Ferreira's Five to the Eye with Stars. I love Rap Ferreira. And also, like, like one of the things that I love about Rap Ferreira is that he is mysterious. (laughs) And it is hard to be mysterious in the year of our Lord 2022. But, like, Rap Ferreira, he, like, grew up in Kenosha. And then he, he, uh... One of my favorite things about him, he was voted governor of the state of Wisconsin in Badger Boys State in high school. And then he moved to the East Coast and opened up a record store on an island off the coast of Maine mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the lead singer of Future Islands. Casual. And, the, <laughs> and then came like and is now like living in Nashville and creating this music that is he identifies as a poet first. So what you're gonna hear is something that's like it's really wordplay focused. And vocal play focused. And I just love his delivery and what he is doing. Number one, my favorite record of the year, Rap Ferreira, Five to the Iowa Stars. Uh, Okay. Okay, I could go like that. I could go like this. I I, I set it off like this. All right. I take car insurance price, flick my wrist. Now that's a poetic device. Crack my knuckles and the homage is trite. My confidence implies height. A letter to the force guiding my hands. Transmissions of the tiny lamp. I guess I'm fighting back. I know it looks like I'm simply writing raps, but this here is kind of technical. Let's discuss intervals and who was original, indivisible. Who's been watching too much TV? Ain't a person in this world could say rap forever is greedy. You'll notice I've never been without. Quick in and out, I write these songs to empty me. A lot of you mother. 
There's NPCs, and I still grant you grace. Muttering blacks rule under my breath. Who made their first million push? It's like you hear how he plays with those words. It is like it's like Gil Scott Heron. You know, there there is at the end of this song, he says, I know it's epic poetry that keeps the cosmos orbiting. I know it's epic poetry that keeps the cosmos orbiting. And that is his belief, is that it is epic poetry which which makes life worth living, which makes us be, and he is an epic poet. I mean, he is an epic poet in the style of Virgil. He is an epic poet in the style of Homer. You know, he's an epic poet in the modern age, and there's just not a lot of people that are making music in order to last and withstand centuries, and here he is doing it and saying it, and I just, like, respect his attitude towards the whole thing and and am absolutely in love. I I hear a lot of um, Lupe Fiasco. Oh, this it's the the wordplay, the the consciousness, the the playing with. It. I mean, what do you 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 are a music guy? You yeah. got music opinions. What do you think of that? I, I I dig it. I dig it a lot. It kind of feels like um when Saul Williams started making mm. music, that combination of hip hop poetry and music. But we can go on. Maybe I'll come on to WSB we'll and we can discuss. <laughs> we will this go like, on. You know, Celia, you found yourself listening to and discovering new music this year. What have they been? Yeah, always. I must mention that my top record also, in addition to Twins, is uh, Repeat, Repeat. They were also a former Nashville Artist of the Month, and they'd been dripping out songs all last year. But then they finally released this full length, and it's 27 tracks. Wow. And, like, none of them skippable. I'm not kidding. So mad love for those guys. But I got to say, after listening to Rap Ferreira, I mean, listen, I am a middle-aged white woman, and I haven't always been finger to the pulse of the hip-hop community. Not here, not even nationally. Again, credit to WNXP for exposing me to so much. But locally, I'm like, I've been living among you folks for how long? Mm. And, like, who is Brian Brown? This guy is amazing. Uh, Daisha McBride, still following her, everything she does. And so I would say credit to the, the hip-hop scene that is always blossoming and burgeoning, mm. but we're trying to shine greater light on it. So now we we know that one of the best things about being a music obsessive is when something truly blindsides us, comes mm-hmm. out of nowhere and we fall in love with it. Justin, you actually have one of those artists from this year who was at WNXP introduced to you from NXP, right? Yeah, what I was trying to like figure out, like if I should move my life to Nashville and work here and if this station is cool or not, I listened to, I was listening to it and we did a record of the week with Karuk and I listened to, they had like the feature was Jason talking to Karuk and I absolutely fell in love with Karuk and I think that the thing, I think that the thing that Karuk does is that she is having fun. Mm. Karuk is having fun and there is like, there's an infectiousness there where she you you can't help but want to join that fun. You want to be a part of it, and she is having it, and it's like, join this party that I'm having. And trust me, I listen to the saddest music humanly imaginable <laughs> 24 hours a day, okay. but I want to have fun when I'm listening to Karuk because she's so inviting when she's doing that. Mm. Is Karuk here? Uh, yeah. Come on in. I'm glad you could make it. Uh, thanks for having me. Take a seat, and we can get started. You must be so smart. Well, you got two degrees. Yeah. I have two as well. Oh. Like our cooler well, week. It was Berkeley, right? Yeah. I know people there. Um, I'm sure you've heard of them. Look. Everybody's talking about a doggy. I went to college for the party. Now I'm about 50 grand in debt. Most expensive phone that I've had yet. Damn, I should have studied foreign language. Could meet you all about your kid. Please. 
You hear that like sense of humor in there? Oh, there yeah. is there is like there there's a having fun in the studio element and a like not let's not take ourselves like too seriously and I think that the greatest artists of all time all have like a drop of humor and it's like a drop of like humility in there to be like I'm not taking myself too seriously. Let's have fun. All that fun in the music. I wonder what it's like to see her live. Oh, I don't know. Have you seen her, Sheila? No, still not. Mm, well, trying to. That's on our list on yeah. for 2023. <laughs> you know, I want to make sure everyone knows what NXP has in store with these lists. Celia, what can we expect from all the DJs on the web and on air? Yeah, well, we want the element of surprise because we will wax poetic about these records uh, all week long next week. It's also our, our uh, winter fun drive. So it's just like reminding folks what we do and why we do it and how you're such a crucial part of it. But uh, we mentioned Repeat, Repeat and Twin and also Rap Ferreira. Erin uh, Ray, another great local artist, mm. was one of our top of this this year, True Love's Face. Another time I cried in our Sonic Cathedral when she was singing just beautiful tunes. And uh, also Negro Justice, Chosen Family. It was another record of the week. And I have to say, I mean, these are favorites of ours because we've spent time with these artists, in some cases in person, mm. definitely with the music, intentional listening. And we hope that translates to listeners where they want to hear a record front to back. I'm old school. I love a record and album. But in this age of singles, sure, we'll feed you the singles. But when we can highlight a record each week and go like track by track, that's really special. And we want to reshare some of these, our favorites from 2022. Celia Gregory is WNXP morning host, and Justin Barney is assistant program director. You can catch all of their year-end coverage at WNXP.org. Celia, Justin, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Khalil. Thanks for having us. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll discuss what Nashville's 2023 resolutions should be. What are your resolutions for the city? Join the conversation and tweet us at ThisIsNashville. We'll be right back. Khalil Colonna, and this is Nashville. With 2023 just around the corner today, we're asking the question, what should Nashville's resolutions be for the new year? What should our city stop doing? What are some habits we should take up? New year, new Nashville, am I right? We've asked for your Nashville New Year's resolutions and you delivered. So we've invited some community members and former guests of the show to respond to your suggestions and give some ideas of their own. Joining me now are Phil Michael Thomas, human rights activist and mental health professional, drag queen Veronica Electronica, and Cecilia Prado, executive director of Workers' Dignity. Phil, Veronica, Cecilia, thanks for being here. Welcome back to This is Nashville. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to have you all with us. Cecilia, let's start with you. Give us one of your top resolutions for the powers that be. What should our city leaders be prioritizing for next year? I mean, I um, represent an organization called Workers' Dignity, which is led by low-wage workers that believe that they deserve to work and live with dignity in Nashville, in their own city that they're building. And it's something that they often have to be reminded of, that they deserve to live and work with dignity. Um, Nashville keeps giving handouts to corporations, to fancy stadium, to, you know, the private interests. And at the same time, um, we completely lack the infrastructure that we need to take care of our people. 
we are lacking not just the investment in affordable housing, but even the patterns of investment are not centering long-term affordability or uh, the power, uh, you know, the address the power imbalance that uh, low, like working class residents have um, in the city, right? So um, I would love for Nashville to actually, when we have uh, perhaps a stadium proposal uh, that, you know, the mayor doesn't do what they are doing right now, which they're not really listening to the opposition, not really listening to the uh, many hundreds or thousands of Nashvilleans that are working class that are asking um, what's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to our rent? Uh, can we actually take care of the consequences, address for the consequences of these massive investments uh, on behalf of private and corporate interests? Now, you know, uh, so I would love to see Nashville actually care for working class people. We've been talking a lot about development on the East Bank this year, and we received a comment from a listener on that front. Carrie Gervin says that the city should, quote, refuse to build a new stadium because that's the last thing they need to spend money on, end quote. Cecilia, how does the push for this push for development, how does it reflect where the city's priorities are? I mean, we are seeing that uh, there's, um, we uh, we don't even have to question. I mean, Tennessee has one of the most powerful chambers of commerce in the whole country, if not the most powerful. Um, at the same time, we are completely lacking the infrastructure from transit. Um, so 41 pedestrians were killed in 2022. Uh, we're seeing a complete lack of affordable housing for working class people. And also because we favor corporate interest so much, that is also reflected in our labor laws. So I'm really worried whenever they say that they're going to build something new of this magnitude, because what we know is that Nashville is the most dangerous city in the South for construction workers. Workers are literally dying on construction sites. We have done worksite outreach because it's what we do. We organize construction workers and working class tenants, right? Which are often, you know, the same people. We organize around development. We are seeing 11-year-olds working on construction sites. There's absolutely no oversight. We have uh, 34 OSHA inspectors in the whole state. Uh, we are not, we don't have the ability to really hold folks accountable and ensure that the stadium gets filled with dignity. We don't have right now a way either to ensure like what's going to happen to the uh, Nashvilleans that uh, live by and what are they going to do uh, in the face of displacement and rising uh, cost of living. Now, I, w- um, I, I want to get to that point because, you know, Phil, this new stadium is going to affect all of us, not just the city, but the entire region. Are you worried about yeah. how this new stadium deal? might affect the problem of gentrification. I am quite uh, concerned about it. When I when I heard that supposedly the Nash, the taxpayers would not be paying for this except for the tourists coming in there with the hotel tax, I'm thinking about the people that actually live here in this city that can't afford apartments or homes that are actually living in the hotels. Mm. They are actually would be double taxed. They will have an increase. Maybe they can be exempted. I don't know. But it's not fair for them. They've already hurting and stretching. And we're not looking at, like she said, we're not, we don't have any good regards to the Affordable Care Act. We don't, the, um, excuse me, the home and affordable homes. Um, we are pushing old Nashville out and bringing in. So we are not looking at what we can do. So when, tell me, in what ways would you like to see the city consider people while they're building this new stadium? Give, give them homes. Give them some places. I mean, 
you can build stadiums all over the place, and but at the same time, you're still going to have. Uh, when they originally built the first stadium over there, they had went in there and they uh, bulldozed and got all the homeless people out of there, trying to move them out so people uh, coming in would not see that. That does not erase or decrease a homeless population. We still don't have a resource for them. Hmm. We have a park, and they recently went in there and cleaned out. But at the same time, where are they going? We're moving them out of uh, we're moving them out of Davidson County because Davidson County is getting too uh, uh, affo- uh, unaffordable for them to live. Well, you've lived here your entire life, so what's at the top of your list for Nashville's New Year's resolutions? Mine is to return responsibility and sensibility to back to where people really cared for each other here and not whether we sit up and we will throw religion and and this and that way when we're trying to prove a point on that. But at the same time, we're not talking to talk. Mm. We're not walking it. We're not doing anything, but we're walking around and acting like, well, only if it matters to me, if if I can get something out of it. I want it to go back to where people can really be... What good, some good things I see about the changes in Nashville is I see a multiple racial diversion disparity coming in here, but I don't see people being openly accepting them anymore. Mm. You know, if we say that we are part, and we are Nashville is becoming a small melting pot of the, what's around us, and we need to be open and receptive to be, to people. But at the same time, we need to work together and and not realize that. And what I would like to see Nashville also do is realize we are different. We don't have the same faith. We don't have the same religion. We don't have the same sexual orientation. We don't have the same everything. We are all individual, and we need to be treated with respect. Now, there's a bill that's been introduced at the state legislature that, in essence, would criminalize some drag performances. Veronica, this affects you directly. What would you like to see city leaders do to address this? Well, we need to have a clear voice from the mayor's office, from um, all county officials, as well as the Metro National Police Department. Now, Metro National Police Department does have an LGBT liaison and has officers that are LGBT, and they have been uh, supportive in many things. I would like to see very clear direction from the from the mayor's office, from many county offices, as well as law enforcement in this county. If this does pass the state legislature, which it easily could, um, because and it just recently got a co-sponsor in the House, the this. The city leadership needs to make very clear that no matter what state regulation may or may not be passed, that they will support LGBTQI businesses and its citizens and entertainers to make sure that we are not improperly imprisoned. The violence amongst um, LGBT inmates in local and state um, uh, incarceration is very high and is very dangerous, especially with our trans brothers and sisters. So it's not a cosmetic bill. It's not just, oh, we just want to keep the children safe and we just need to have something on the books. No, this is a really important issue. This is a life and death issue. This bill, as juvenilely as it's been written, um, is dangerous in many in many ways. Myself as a, uh, a performer and a small business owner uh, and a citizen of this county and of the state deserve better. We deserve a conversation, we deserve transparency, and we deserve to be heard as well as um, been ge- and, and, and to be given access to um, the ability to stand up for ourselves and to make sure that 
if the state won't support us, that at least our local government and metro will. So they will not support um, carrying out uh, arrests or raids or whatever they may do because this bill um, may, uh, law may exist. Now, we got a voicemail from Mary Buckner about her top resolution for Nashville in 2023. Let's listen. We resolve to love and care for everyone in our Nashville community, every income level, every skin tone, every gender, every religion or non-religion, every language, every political party, every personal style, everyone. I mean, the truth is the state has been targeting LGBTQ community and via the book bans, the controversial law, it's a lot. So Veronica, what can we, the people do to support the LGBTQ community? Well, the first, I don't know, I've just been conditioned this way, is vote. Everybody needs to vote in every election, starting from Metro Council, dog catcher, uh, judges, you know, state state reps. So the first thing is to vote. Second is to know your community. You know, ask questions to people that you are friends with, that you go to church with, that you go to school with, that you grocery shop with, and find out what are the issues that are affecting uh, your neighbor, so you can help vote for their common interests and you can be supportive of everybody. But I think that um, we just need we need to be more aware of the problems that surround us and we need to be vocal and say, hey, this is going to be an issue. I need support and we need to figure out how we can work together and make this happen. Cecilia, what kind of steps do we as a city need really need to make to make that sort of resolution that Mary suggested a reality? I mean, I think that uh, queer and trans people need to organize because uh, we deserve safe spaces, but we know that they're not going to give them to us. I think it is time for us to organize and to identify where it is that we hold power, because I know I have completely lost a lot of hope from uh, even local government to be able to deliver into the kinds of material things that we need right now. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Le Colonna. We're talking this hour about Nashville's New Year's resolutions for 2023. So, you know, since I moved here, the issue that comes up a lot is how the state government interferes in initiatives and measures that the city is working towards. I hear a lot of frustration that the city doesn't really stand up to state lawmakers. And, you know, now Nashville's been gerrymandered into these three separate districts. Phil, what resolution <laughs> would you like our city and state governments to make? One, for the state to stop bullying Davidson County. Mm -hmm. Davidson County actually has been very forceful in fighting back. I remember going back, but what the state will do uh, will come back and they will pass legislation to override what the cities are doing. Mm. The state... Um, and when, like a, a local DA, when he said he wasn't going to prosecute certain drug, I mean certain crimes, the state decided to come back to bully on that. The state needs to stop bullying. We, uh, we need to, and we all, and like uh, Veronica said, we need to get out and vote. We need to make sure they uh, have these changes. We could have made a big difference, even though they went out, they took Davidson County, split up three ways, and uh, and. Ways, but we still could have made a big difference if everyone got out there and voted. Hmm. And my biggest thing is that old saying about they came for others and I did nothing when they came for me 
there was no one there for me. We don't need to wait that long. You know, Davidson County is one thing, but there's also the entirety of Middle Tennessee. I mean, aren't people comfortable with these lawmakers intruding in their lives and forcing their beliefs upon them? And they keep on voting them in. They they do, and I think they're doing it because of what they fear the known. I mean, the whole thing about with the drag queens and all that, too, if you—I would— uh, wager anybody to come to me and tell me how many cases, criminal cases, they have ever had involving anyone uh, dressed up in drag, touching, assaulting a child. Mm. I would love to have that. I can give you facts and figures on how many have had of older, uh, even uh, older men who have attacked kids. But at the same time, I've never seen one where they've actually been drag queen. So if people would still would speak up, they live in these surrounding areas. They come to Nashville to get away from those areas because and, and but at the same time, I have to give them credit because even areas like in Franklin, Franklin is, ta- is, step, is stepping up. Hmm. Murfreesboro is stepping up, even though they're trying to say that uh, they want to allow them, won't even allow proud to have that. But still, they we're not being quiet anymore. And that's what you, if you want to be heard, you can't be quiet. Okay, so it comes down to, like, people of the many communities that make up Nashville and Middle Tennessee ceasing to be quiet, getting together, but particularly with each other, having these conversations and discussing the shared priorities, right? I mean, Veronica, how can that happen? How can people get together to talk about what is happening in their lives outside of any, under the guise of government? Well, it's about community and it's about finding like-minded people and having the term or hardly exists anymore, but finding a safe space to even do that. But you have bills like SB003 that um, will eliminate certain safe spaces because of the viewability to the public areas. But you need to have abilities to to, to meet together, to speak with each other, to find out, even in our LGBT community, it is extremely diverse. You have Democrats, you have Republicans, you have independents, you have conservatives, you have just like every other community, but even within the LGBT community, you have a vast diverse um, group of folks. And we don't always share the exact same ideals, but we should have common, uh, we should have the common decency to be able to work together for the betterment of our society as a whole, but you have to educate and and you need to have, I mean, uh, you know, Harvey Milk comes to mind, you know, somebody to stand on a soapbox with a, mm-hmm. with, with a megaphone and be like, uh, yeah, I'm here to recruit you. You know what I mean? I'm here to talk to you about the problems that we're facing. I want to hear what you're going through so we can go through it together and we can mm-hmm. fix the problem. And ironically, you know, the state senator that uh, introduced the bill is from Franklin. Hmm. Uh, so, I mean, but those citizens need to speak up and talk with their legislators. I have a meeting with mine coming up next week. Okay, so one last question for you, Cecilia, and I've got about 30 seconds. How can we convince those of us who are really clinging to ideologies and beliefs to at least talk to someone with a different view? I mean, I think it's very important to first start to listen and start to draw from the common needs and the common problems that we have. Start talking to your neighbors and start talking to your coworkers because those groups of people have leverage 
over uh, some of the entities that are actually uh, pulling the strings here in the city, corporations, landlords, developers. We hold some power if we are on the same page. And now we need to uh, address that there's border suppression happening. A lot of working class people cannot vote because of a lot of different barriers that are happening. Mm -hmm. And that's what we also need to understand how democracy really happens. Democracy is not just going and on voting, but it's also having these kinds of conversations and building the kind of solidarity that uh, can uh, stand up to power, like a union. We need to be uh, creating unions in our workplaces, in our streets, in our apartment complexes. We're going to have understand to how do we have power. We're going to have yes. to end it here. We got to move on with the show. I want to thank my guests, Phil Michael Thomas, Veronica Electronica, and Cecilia Prado. Thank you for being here, and thank you for sharing your resolutions for Nashville. Thank, thank you. you. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation about New Year's resolutions for Nashville and Middle Tennessee. There's still time to join the conversation. Tweet us your resolutions for the city at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Kelowna, and this is Nashville. We've been talking this hour about New Year's resolutions for Nashville. 2023 is right around the corner, and keep those resolutions for our city coming. Tweet us at This Is Nashville. Now, I'd like to bring in my next guests. Nicole Williams is a Metro government columnist, columnist at the Nashville scene. David Dark is a religion professor at Belmont. And Willie Sims is an event organizer for Creative Spaces. Thank you all for being here, and welcome back to This Is Nashville. Thank you, Khalil. Yeah, so happy to be here. Thank you. Glad to be here. You know, I want to get started with the resolution we got from another previous guest on the show. Rachel Kessner writes, quote, make sure more events and spaces are accessible for all, including disabled residents. Access does not begin and end with wheelchair ramps and an automatic door. Access is printed materials in Braille, Spanish, Hebrew, Kurdish, French, and or audio recordings of the same. Access is an American Sign Language interpreter on staff and present at events. Access is unisex bathrooms. Why this resolution? Because no human being is second class. End quote. Amen, Rachel. So, David, how does what Rachel shared align with your resolutions for Nashville? Yes, yeah, so my, my hoped-for resolution is to love specifically, um, to show more courage, candor, and conscience in our spaces in terms of advocacy and being an ally. And I do think that often we, uh, we play along to get along. We avoid conflict. And in truth, we coddle bigots instead of confronting bigotry. And my hope for Nashville, for the, there's so much talent, so many incredibly smart people, is that um, we will speak as if we live here. If we tweet, tweet like you live here. Mm. And um, yeah, I, I grieve, I often grieve the way that the, what is sometimes referred to as the blue dot in the red, <laughs> red state, that we don't often um, confront our legislature with our specific love. And um, 
I just want more of that. I want more courage. I do think that conflict avoidance costs us everything. Um, a question I've asked students this semester is, are we responsible for the lies we let other people voice in our presence unchallenged? Mm -hmm. And the young people believe that we are responsible. And it's, it's time to speak up and risk something when um, bigotry is normalized because we become what we normalize. All right, Nicole, your Twitter bio says that you are a Metro government enthusiast. So as such, what do you think the city's top priority and resolution should be for 2023? Yeah, um, thanks so much for having me on, by the way. I'm, I'm really excited to be here and talk about uh, one of my favorite things, which is Metro Council. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, the most important resolution would be, and it really ties in what with what everyone else has talked about is to elect an authentically progressive Metro Council. Um, so we have elections in 2023 for the Metro Council, um, the mayor and the vice mayor, they're all on the ballot next year. And um, I think in 2019, we heard a lot about how this Metro Council was supposed to be the most progressive council ever. Um, but they've actually turned out to be one of the most pro-business, pro-police councils we've ever had in the history of Nashville. Um, they just ushered in the largest expansion in the surveillance state um, in our city's history. And I just don't see how that aligns with truly progressive values. Um, they're not serving as a meaningful check on this administration. And um, I've generally been like pretty disappointed with uh, with how this council represents what I think a lot of people in Nashville want to see. Mm. Um, but in order to get a different council, we have to vote. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times we see a lot of turnout in elections where Nashville's vote maybe doesn't matter as much, like presidential elections. Uh, but you've got council members who get elected with fewer than a thousand votes in mm. districts that cover 20,000 plus people. Um, so that's where we can really make a change and make a difference at the local level is by electing an authentically progressive Metro Council. Now, we got another resolution from Seth Richards. Let's listen. For 2023, I would love nothing more than for everyone to be kinder to everyone love others for no reason other than to make this city and world a better place. I am studying music composition and theory to make my dreams come true. This city's diverse music scene has surrounded my life in love and community. Willie, what resolutions do you have for the musical side of Music City? Man, that brother Seth was passionate, wasn't he? I felt it in his voice. Mm -hmm. uh, man, really just uh, to to really for Nashville to be Nashville openly, like the actual Nashville here, it seems like openly it's the brand of the city. You know what I'm saying? The country music and downtown and all that. But if you come here and you go to the neighborhoods and you talk to people and you see what's really going on, just wish that we would be that out front. 
You know, be I, be cool with being that out front. I mean, you're connected to a lot of creative spaces across the city. So tell me, what's on the horizon for music in Music City? Man, music-wise, I think that it's going to keep being Music City and the music is going to be amazing. And it's so many different pockets of music being made. It's just the brand of the city. You know, I think we just... I think the resolution is to actually diversify the city brand. Mm -hmm. I think that will help everybody and everything is to just diversify it a little bit. And it's good for everybody. Can we withstand the loss of historic venues like the Exit Inn and the Mercy Lounge? It looks like we're going to have to. You know what I'm saying? No, and that's another thing, too, man, is the priorities. What matters? You know, I think one of the worst things is when you sell the sacred for a couple dollars. You know what I'm saying? That's the worst thing to do personally, uh, as a city, as a country. You know what I'm saying? The things that make you what you are. When you can just you you chop down your apple tree and sell the whole tree, and now you don't have no apples, you know? You could have sold apples and did good. And I think that's what Nashville doing, man. Hopefully, and I don't even say hopefully. We're going to see what happens. I don't, I don't determine it, but let's, we're going to see if we— uh sell these apples or if we just keep cutting down the trees so mm -hmm. and selling those trees you know they don't come back after you cut them down if you're just tuning in this is nashville and i'm your host Khalil Colonna. we're talking this hour about nashville's new year's resolutions for 2023 my guests are willie sims david dark and nicole williams so we've been talking about nashville's resolutions about you know but what about the people who are just moving to town like are they nashvillians or are they just living here mm. Willie, tell me, what does it mean to you to be a Nashvillian? Interesting question. Really interesting question. It's a heavy question. I think, uh, I think one, being there is a part of it. Uh, I don't know the time length. I've been here in this area for like 20 years now. I'm not sure if I'm all the way a Nashvillian. You know, you'd have to ask people whose generation is deep here. But I think one, one of the factors is caring about what made the place the place. You know, the the historical places, the historical moments, like why we're all here in proper context, you know? Mm. I think that's part of being a Nashvillian outside of just partying. But does that not make somebody that moved here just a party in Nashvillian? You know what I'm saying? It's interesting. Mm. I'm not the authority. That's more of my man right here. He can <laughs> he's from here. He gets to say that. I don't get to I don't get to say so. Let me hear from both of you, David real quick and then Nicole. David, what does it mean to you to be a Nashvillian? Well, to me, I, hooray for country music, but I believe that Nashville will be remembered in world history primarily for its role in what I call the nonviolent movement of America. I'm referring to the lunch counter sit-ins. I'm referring to James Lawson, Diane Nash, John Lewis. And um, there's a moral witness to Nashville that has been compromised um, to a great degree by some newcomers. Um, in the sense that Daily Wire Entertainment, um, which is in Berry Hill, is a for-profit disinformation organization. And when Matt Walsh of Daily Wire targeted Vanderbilt Children's Hospital um, and was joined by Senator Marsha Blackburn, I really thought that um, Nashville would rise up, I especially when... Um, that disinformation campaign targeted John Ingram, um, owner of Nashville Soccer Club, 
um, Tucker Carlson put his face on the screen, picking up on Matt Walsh's campaign. And I thought, surely some of our um, famous Nashvilleians will step up to defend John Ingram um, having been targeted. So I don't say that to bring shame or darkness, but the resolution, again, is for a little more risk, a little more courage on the part of people who are in positions um, to speak up and risk something. Don't sit this one out when there's a disinformation campaign being staged from our beautiful city. Nicole, how, how does what David is sharing resonate with you? Like, what do you want to see from your fellow Nashvilleans in 2023? So I really appreciate um, what David is sharing. I think that I don't really care so much about the label of who is a Nashvillean, who is not a Nashvillean. Um, I care about who is in community with me and and the people who I care about and, and the people who need, um, you know, advocacy and um, who need their voice to be amplified. And I think that as long as you are on the side of, you know, justice and fairness and, um, and really just taking care of your neighbors, then you're a Nashvillian to me. So what's your advice to someone who may be community-minded but hesitant to be civically engaged and scared to add their skills to the conversation? So that's a great question. Um, I would say find a person to talk to. Find one person. Um, I am always willing to talk to people who are interested in being community-minded or civically engaged. My Twitter handle is at Startles Easily, um, and my DMs are always open for people who want to learn, you know, how to plug in um, at a local level. Um, I may not know the answer, but I usually know someone who knows the answer. And I think that that's just where it starts is find one person. Um, don't, don't feel like you have to take on a giant cultural or, you know, community issue uh, by yourself because we're out there. So we've got another clip from our listener. Peter Robinson has a resolution he'd like for our city to adopt in the new year. Let's listen. My resolution for Nashville is to make a dedicated funding source for public transportation. We are the largest city in America without a dedicated funding source for transit. Traffic is only going to get worse. And if we're ever going to make it more affordable to live in Music City and to get to work or school or medical appointments, we need consistent funding for WeGo. Okay, so, you know, we've done a lot of shows about transport and cycling. And, uh, you know, we know Peter isn't alone in wanting more and better options for getting around Nashville without a car. In fact, just for this show, we got three other listener comments on this subject. And so, Nicole, tell us a little bit about what Metro Council has done on the topic this year and what more they could do in 2023. So this is an area where Metro Council has a lot of power because they hold the power of the purse. Uh, they get to decide where funding goes. And um, in terms of, you know, having a dedicated source of funding, um, we would need some type of, I think we would need some type of um, 
resolution put to the voters like we tried to do in 2018 that got voted down. Um, but in terms of just funding for the Department of Transportation and for WeGo um, and for those types of initiatives, like Metro Council holds that power. Um, they cut WeGo's funding last year um, with the understanding that, you know, WeGo can make it up with money that they've gotten from the federal government. Uh, but like, that's not getting us to where we need to be. Mm-hmm. So this all goes back to electing a progressive council uh, that cares about the future of transit in Nashville and that really wants to push that issue. Now, you know, Willie, how are we the people of Nashville and Middle Tennessee? How are we adding to this list of frustrations? I mean, how are we complicit in the things that we wish to see change? Man... It's so interesting. It's because, like, everybody, I heard a lot of comments about the stadium and all that. But as soon as people seen them renderings of that stadium, they was like, oh, man, we need that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's a, a substance thing, man. People say a lot, but we don't we don't really have substance behind it or follow up with none of it. You know what I'm saying? Therefore, the powers that be, like she's saying, the people, the, the council members, everybody, they will ultimately just— do whatever needs to be done in their mind. And we out here talking about issues that don't matter. We battling over things that don't matter, you know? I, so what can what can we do to have make Nashville a healthy and sustaining ecosystem? Man, we need to build tribes of trust, man. We need tribes of trust. We need people to come together in small groups that are down to do the thing together, you know, and build out from there. My man said in that book, if you want to change the society, you can't do it all at once. But you do by building small groups around highly influential people and build it out from there. Like, oh, Abraham, you know what I'm saying? Start with one family and one group of people. It's not going to be the collective. The collective of people, when you get a bunch of people together, we collectively dumb. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but in smaller groups, we're a lot smarter. A lot smarter. I want to thank my guests. Nicole Williams with the Nashville scene, David Dark, professor at Belmont, and Willie, big fella Sims. I appreciate you all. Thank you for being here and adding to Nashville's 2023 resolutions. My man. Thank you. This. Thank you. Is Nashville. <laughs> we want to thank everyone who tuned in this hour. This is Nashville is a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Our producers are Steve Farouche, Rose Gilbert, and Magnolia McKay. Our digital lead is Anna Gallegos Cannon. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Our executive producer is Andrea Tutto. Shout out to our intern, Tori Hoover, and the masterminds behind our theme music, Laurent and Namir Blade. The conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us your Nashville resolutions at This Is Nashville. Find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ekolona. We'll see you next week, everybody, and be good to each other. <laughs>